Hello, Mama. I hope you're having a beautiful day and the birds are chirping and you're just feeling good. So excited you're here. Um, I am nervous and excited for today's episode. We are going to be talking about something. Well, so we're talking about critical theory and it's something that I've recently learned about and has been so helpful for me to kind of understand more about um, kind of the tension that I feel in our culture, especially as a Christ follower and a, a Bible believer and kind of some of the discomfort that comes with that, with our current cultural milieu and um, what is being talked about. And so, um, you know, my pastor is really the one that has kind of led me to learn more about this. And I'm so grateful for it because it really has opened my eyes so much to understand uh, why I have that tension. And, and it's like, once you understand where that tension is coming from, like that discomfort in standing up for your faith, even the discomfort in saying like, I am a Christ follower. And if you say that, that means you believe most of the time that, um, that is the only way to God. Cause he said that himself in the Bible, right? Uh, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And so he makes it pretty explicit it can feel uncomfortable. And so the more that I have uh, dug into this and learned some about it, it's really helped me be able to stand more firmly in my faith. Now, I, my faith didn't waver, but um, I think I just would get uncomfortable. And so sometimes I would skirt away from topics or um, I would I would have a lot of anxiety or, or worry about bringing up my faith. Um, but now that I understand kind of where that thought process has come from in our culture. It's just helped me stand more firmly in um, what I believe. So I hope that does the same for you. We're, we're not going to unpack it fully. There's so much to it and I don't feel fully equipped for that. But what we're going to touch on today is some of the tenets of critical theory and specifically for us, how I believe that's impacted the current uh, wave of parenting, of, of the modern thought of parenting and, and where this is coming from, the modern thoughts on discipline, where this is coming from. And so I hope this will encourage you and, and equip you for the conversations we're continuing to have about biblical discipline and what that looks like. And um, I hope that you'll be able to find some things maybe that have shown up in your parenting or even how you think about parenting or maybe even just what you feel bad about for parenting. Um, and I hope it'll shed some light on what the Bible says, um, or at least what culture says that we don't stand for. And we're going to talk more about what the Bible does say. We're not going to unpack that fully today in this episode, but I'm excited to share with you more about critical theory. So I hope this excites you. Uh, it's really powerful stuff. I know it so sounds so technical, techno, technical, critical theory. <laughs> Sounds nerdy. I don't know. If you're not into that kind of stuff, you're probably getting bored. But it's really, really helpful. So just trust me on this one. We're going to go there. It's going to be good. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's all for my intro today. I think we're just going to dive in. You, you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. 
Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, mom, I hope you're excited for this discussion. I know I am. I'm just nervous because I want to articulate it well. And full disclosure, I I have not personally read all of the books that really dive into this. So from my personal uh, research level of what I'm speaking on, um, what I have done in preparation for this and really preparation for discussions at my church um, is that I have uh, listened to Nathan Finocchio uh, through the Theos U Seminary. It's like an online seminary, um, not even seminary. It is a seminary, but it's kind of like a Netflix version of uh, theology. So it's super, super amazing. If you want to dive a little bit more into theology or even in just like this month for this topic, I highly recommend it. Um, It's like a subscription service where you pay like 10 bucks a month or something and you get access to all of the theological videos. So incredible. There's all the topics that you uh, probably have questions on that are unpacked in there. So highly recommend that. So I watched all of Nathan Finocchio's videos and he has read extensively all of the books um, of who created critical theory, where it all comes from. There is so much tech, tech, you guys, technological, that's not even the right word. Uh, Like very um, difficult language in, in all of this. Like um, if I wish I I should have written down some of like the sentence structures of what he, he read, uh, he would quote the books that he would read from and it was, so difficult to understand. So I um, have not gone there. So I've, I've done the videos with Nathan Finocchio. And then I also have had a lot of discussions with my pastors and on our staff about this topic because our church recently um, brought this to our sermons. And I really recommend you go and listen to that because my pastor did read a lot of these books. And so he is way more equipped to talk about this. And so I'll link those sermons below so that you can go and get more equipped on that. Um, So yeah, so much content that you could dive into. And I'll um, also try and find the resource page of my pastor created of all the books that he recommends if you want to dive more into this topic. So the reason we're talking about critical theory uh, is because it is a pervasive mindset in our world right now that is extremely dangerous. And there are people that are not Christians that agree that it's extremely dangerous and unhelpful. And so this is how bad it is. And so if we don't shed light on it, it's only going to grow. And it's um, actually right now there's laws and bills being passed to get this into our educational system for all of our kids, that they would be required to learn about this stuff. So I really encourage you to equip yourself. Uh, this episode is not going to be enough to fully equip you. So I encourage you uh, to take this as a spark to go learn more so that you will be equipped for these conversations with your kids, uh, to be equipped to fight against legislation that is encouraging this so that you can uh, be ready to stand against this thing that is taking over uh, our world. And so today I hope to at least just help you see how this might have 
influenced how you parent or maybe guilt you have around parenting or as you've been trying to figure out what is the right way to parent, maybe you can begin to distinguish, oh, this is where this mentality or thought comes from and separate that from biblical truth because critical theory is a counter-Christian worldview. And so we've got to be aware of where the tenets of it have uh, crept into our thoughts and our motivations and what we think is right. So um, to briefly kind of unpack what critical theory is now, this is again, not doing it full justice. Um, and this is really kind of taking notes from what my pastor has said. Nathan Finocchio unpacked it as well, but I more recently listened to what my pastor had said in his sermon. But essentially what critical theory is, is a social and philosophical worldview that gets its roots in Marxism. And it comes out of the Frankfurt School in Germany. And these philosophers took the works of Marxism, and they took it even farther. And, you know, you've probably heard of postmodernism. It's kind of this idea where cultural relativism comes from, which is this belief that there is no absolute truth. Uh, You know, it's kind of the origin of your truth is my truth. And so these philosophers uh, took that even farther. And really, you can call them like applied postmodern philosophers. They took that mentality and uh, said, okay, this isn't enough to look at it this way. We need to apply it two things so that we can be active and actionable in this philosophy. And there's more tenets than just the cultural relativism. That's just one of them. We're going to go over a few of the tenets today. But basically, this critical theory has been the pervasive thought process, uh, specifically in the U.S., but this is all over the world, but we're more than talking specifically about the U.S. today. I can't speak necessarily to how this has impacted other countries, but it's been in the United States educational system for 50 years, which means there are three generations that have been impacted by this. Um, and yeah, why we're concerned about it is because it contradicts biblical worldview in an epic way. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the tenants today. And again, specifically about how uh, I believe it's infiltrated our views on parenting. So that's kind of the origins of it. And just to give you kind of a definition of what critical theory is, I'm just going to read from the Britannica website. You guys remember Britannica? Isn't that the one like I don't know. I think that's the one I grew up with. I had like the the actual, uh, I think maybe it was CDs. It was, we were past the book stage. Anyways, <laughs> this is what Britannica defines as critical theory. So it's a Marxist inspired movement in social and political philosophy. Uh, again, it originated, originally associated with the work of Frankfurt School. Um, again, it's drawing particularly on the thought of Karl Marx and Sigmund Freud. Uh, critical theorists maintain that a primary goal of philosophy is, and this is the where it gets really key just to listen, is to understand and help overcome the social structures through which people are dominated and oppressed. So, and I'll go on in a minute, but essentially they are looking to see how the current social structures, um, the current language, the current, like every form of social structure, education, uh, religion, um, science, Every form of social structure has oppressed people. Um, 
And it says, believing that science, like other forms of knowledge, has been used as an instrument of oppression. They caution against a blind faith in scientific progress, arguing that scientific knowledge must not be pursued as an end in itself without reference to the goal of human emancipation. It says, since the 1970s, critical theory has been immensely influential in the study of history, law, and literature, and the social sciences. So, <clears throat> when you read that, you might not hear anything wrong with it. It might be like, yeah, I'm against oppression. I'm against things that hold people down. And even like this blind faith in science, which we're going to be talking, kind of unpacking a little bit of the science and discipline, and I'm going to share about that. But you might hear that and think it's okay. This is, I'm not against that. But when you get to the root of it, when you actually go to the, the, the books that they have written and get to their goal. Um, you know, one example of their goal is they believe critical theorists, um, and the people that created this theory is that the only way to truly free our country, uh, because it was formed, um, through oppression and through power, the only way to free us fully is to literally burn it down and start from scratch. Apart from that, we cannot find freedom from this. And so you can see how extreme it is. And part of the problem as well is, and there's there's many problems. We're going to go again into some of the nuances of them. But part of the problem as well is they um, seek to problematize. That's actually like one of their goals is to um, into they go into every conversation, into every setting, and they look for problems. Um, and this is what it teaches its uh, tenants or its followers to do is to problematize, to uh, listen to a, a conversation. And they believe that every conversation that ever happens will have some form of oppression in it. Um, so if you and me sat down to have a cup of coffee, there would be uh, uh, some form of oppression in how we uh, interacted. And they look for this everywhere they go. It doesn't matter where. Everywhere. Um, and you can never do enough to uh, kind of satisfy it because their belief, remember, is that there's no way to get rid of this, this issue of oppression, uh, without burning down the country and starting from complete scratch. And so you can see how there is some problems with that. And so it groups every single person either into the oppressor or the oppressed. And you are one of the two. Uh, you, uh, there's no third category. And in every conversation, there's the oppressed and the oppressor. And so you can see how this already goes against our biblical narrative because uh, Jesus says we are all one. Uh, there's no longer Jew nor Greek. There's no longer slave nor free. Uh, we are one in the body of Christ. And so you can begin to hear how this is a counter-Christian worldview. Along with that, you kind of heard reference to this with the science. Uh, it's all about tearing down meta narratives. So meta narratives are the way that people understand the world or, or like a sweeping worldviews on things. So one example of a meta narrative is science. So they're uh, really against uh, science. It, it, that. They actually believe that we can't hold science as the dominant view. Um, there's examples of this 
is like there's this tribe, I can't remember where they are, but their view uh, in that tribe um, is that, um, so for for when it's time for a woman to get pregnant, they have every um, man in the tribe sleep with her, and they believe that all of those men are the fathers uh, of that child, and that is their belief. And so they are very against um, the scientific belief that there is only one father for a child. So they literally go against um, just practical basic facts that are known in the science world and say that that doesn't mean like that that's that's oppressive to say that there's only one truth that that there's only one father it's oppression to say that and to believe that now another meta narrative is christianity so that that christianity is how we understand the world but critical theory sees that as oppressive to have uh this one world view so those are some of the kind of big um, definitions of it. Now, there are specific tenets that critical theory believes in and advocates for, and this is where we're going to start unpacking how this relates to parenting. So the first one is they're all about the blurring of boundaries. So now you probably can hear this and think about a lot of what our culture is going through right now in terms of sexuality and gender, and this originates from critical theory. It's all about... Um, it's not black and white. It's uh, that's that's oppressive to see it as that. And so we're, they want to move away from these clear delineated boundaries. And they're all about blur this blurring of boundaries. And you can read up on more examples of that. I know that the gender one is a huge one in our culture right now. Um, but this is how I see it infiltrating parenting. So uh, there's multiple ways. Uh, one of them is just this kind of movement towards that I sense towards uh, parents kind of stepping away from their authority and becoming more like peers or friends with their child. And now people might not call it as such, but there is a movement away from the the parent having authority and that there would be respect towards that authority. I even believe that idea of uh, the oppressed versus oppressor has slipped into even how we parent. I, I think that um, there's some parts of us that uh, that cultures kind of looks as parents as the oppressor. And uh, the whole movement right now is to kind of lift up kids equal level um, because they're the oppressed. Now that might be taking it too far, but I, I can see that in how we're thinking about parenting. There's not a calling out for disrespect. There's, uh, you know, I've, I've shared before that I uh, was trained at one point that you should only have parents correct for safety issues and, and nothing else, right? So that's removing that authority because the parent uh, then is, there's no respect needed for authority. There's um, really not any kind of uh, view of the parent as authority, except for to keep you safe. And so I see this happening more and more. Sometimes I even think it's taken so far that the child has more power than the parents do. Like it's the parent's job to keep the child okay. Like give the child choices. Make sure you're in tune with the child's every feeling and every thought, right? That's giving them more power than you, right? You're you're uh, making them the one that's in charge of everything. It's, it's dependent on how they feel and how they think and what they want. And we're, we're circling in some ways our 
lives around them and it's giving them the the higher seat, right? They they are more empowered than we are. You know, it even goes into that attachment parenting, which I'm sure was influenced by critical theory and you know, making it so that, okay, it doesn't matter what I have to do. It doesn't matter what I think or feel. I need to turn my life in circles around this child to make sure I breastfeed them until they decide that they want to stop. They're in charge of that decision. Um, and then even in like sleeping, they are going to be in charge of when they decide they're ready to sleep alone or they're ready to sleep through the night. They get to be in charge of if they want more sweets. I don't know if you've heard all of these kind of mentalities out there, but there is, I don't know if you feel this though, like this pervasive movement to kind of give kids the power. It's, and I think part of it is this kind of trying to shift out of this feeling of this oppressor versus the oppressed, which is not biblical and is not true just because there's an authority like the bible is all about authority we are called to submit to god uh, as wives we're called to submit to our husbands we are called to submit to our employers uh, there is a, a a line of submission in the bible and respecting authority even when that authority is not good like if you if you follow king david and how Saul treated him, David is like the ultimate example of what it looks like to submit to authority, especially unhealthy authority. I'm reading this amazing book right now called The Tale of Three Kings, and I highly recommend it, especially if you struggle with authority or um, have gone through some unhealthy authority in your life where, where they weren't the best people or they weren't the best leaders. Um, and this is this amazing example of that King Saul was trying to kill David, and yet David never spoke against him. David never uh, went against him. David had the opportunity to kill Saul when Saul had been seeking David's life. And there was a moment where Saul, or King, uh, sorry, when David easily could have killed King Saul and he did not because he was submitting to authority even when it was trying to kill him. Like that is what we're called to. And we have so moved far away from that because cultural uh, because critical theory tells us that all authority is inherently bad. That is, it's oppressive. If there is authority, it equals oppression. And so we move away from this idea of authority. And so parents have shifted away from this idea of, of, of owning that authority, and they often give it to their kids. Now, this kind of dipped into a different uh, tenant of critical theory, which is the loss of the individual universal, which essentially means that the individual and the universal are simply cultural constructs. Um, so we all fit into the two groups, oppressor versus the oppressed. But all of these are tenets of critical theory. And so you can begin to understand why the movements in parenting have led us to this place. So we've got to be aware. You remember, you've got to take every belief, every uh action that you do, every parenting decision, you hold it to the Bible. That is our standard. We have to do that with everything. And when you hold this movement to, well, first of all, if you if you take this movement of parenting, this attachment parenting and kind of everything that comes with it, if you get to its roots, that it's ugly and it's not safe and it's against biblical truth. And so if you're like looking at how it plays out in the world and you're like, okay, like I think I like this, you know, I love, um, 
you know, helping our kids just feel safe and, you know, these things that these, some of the positive things that do come out of it, but you don't understand what the real goal is. You don't understand where these beliefs came from. Then you're going to be following an ideology that is against the Bible because its roots are counter Christian. And so that's why I'm bringing this to the light so that you can begin to kind of weed through these beliefs, weed through how you see things and begin to figure out where do these beliefs come from and test them against the word of God. Okay, some more parts under the blurring of boundaries, because I think this is one of the big ones that shows up in our parenting. Um, and, and kind of touching on this idea of authority um, is this idea of obedience. And I think I shared this with you recently, but there's uh, there's some thoughts out there by some influencers about parenting that say that we shouldn't teach our kids to be obedient, because that would mean that, uh, you know, if someone tries to hurt them in the future, that they wouldn't know how to say no to that, and they would think they just need to be obedient to them. I, I completely disagree with that line of thought. First of all, because the Bible calls us to be obedient. God God calls us to, and that's that's part of that submission, right? We submit to God. We submit to the authority in our lives, uh, even when it's destructive. Now, I don't believe that a child should submit to physical or sexual abuse. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but you, I don't believe that you teaching your child to be obedient leads to that. I believe you have lots of conversations with your kid about, hey, if someone tries to touch you in these places, you need to talk, come and talk to mommy and you won't be in trouble. But this is really important, even if they tell you, oh, sh- this is a secret between us. You know, so we have these real conversations with our kids to equip them so that they know what to do. And we check in with them and we, we don't make it weird. We just make it normal so that they know it's a safe thing to bring to us. And so there's nothing to me. They're completely unrelated. Like when you teach your child to be obedient, that means they are submitting to authority in their life. And if this authority crosses the line of physical or sexual abuse with them, then they know, oh, wait, mommy says to be obedient to them, but she says um, also to be obedient to her, which means to come and tell her if someone's hurting me. Great. Okay. So now they're going to come and talk to you about that. It has nothing to do with teaching them obedience or not. But all of this This blurring of boundaries is causing us to rethink what it means to be a child and to be an adult and rethink the standards for that. And it blurs those boundaries. Children now aren't expected to submit to authority. Children aren't expected to respect authority. Children aren't expected to be obedient. That is, that is removed. It's blurred, right? So where is the line then? It's that blurring of boundaries, moving away from this clear right and wrong. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing how long the time is getting. And I think this is going to be another two-part episode. I know I've been doing this a lot lately. I guess I've just had a lot to say. <laughs> So we're going to we're going to pause here and we're going to continue the blurring of boundaries uh, as well as some other tenets of critical theory in our next episode. And I hope this is enlightening for you. I hope this is helping you just clearly look at where your beliefs are coming from and bring them to the light of God. So let me just pray for you, God. I thank you for every mama that's listening. I thank you for uh, just guiding us and leading us, God. I thank you that you have something to say about how we parent. God, that you've given us every tool that we need. You've given us every word of knowledge that we need, God. And so we thank you that you're leading and guiding us, God. And I just pray that every mama would take every belief that she has and courageously hold it to the light of your word, God, and that you would reveal to her 
where there's error in that thinking, where there's anything that's off God and not in shame, not in condemnation, but just in, oh, wow, I didn't know this. Wow, I didn't realize I had gotten off. And God, I just pray for that perfect clarity and that wisdom, God, that you promise us. And um, just for that courage, God, more courage and boldness to do this work because it can feel really painful and really hard as we kind of uh, take down some of our ideologies that we have built up on the wrong foundation. So God, thank you for uh, just guiding us and leading us in this way. And we just trust you with our kids, God. Uh, Show us how to parent them so that we can raise godly, amazing children to just help us charge into the next generation um, of spreading your light into the world, God. You're so good and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you've found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.